Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Claire Spofford, CEO of 60-plus-year-old J. Jill. Yesterday, the company reported impressive third-quarter earnings, showing nearly a 30% increase in sales. I wanted to ask Claire about the impactful changes she's made since joining the company in February and how she plans to maintain its momentum heading into 2022. Welcome, Claire. Thank you, Jill. So excited to be here. Excited to have you. Hey, congrats. Walk me through the highlights of those earnings yesterday. It's so top of mind. Thanks. Yep. Uh, It was just yesterday after the market. We um, announced some pretty solid results for the third quarter, and I think you know, the most exciting thing is the traction that we're seeing against the key strategies that we're putting in place to um, not only recover the business, but put it on the path forward for profitable growth. So, um, you know, a lot of the, the key themes were really around our continued traction with full price selling, great response to our products at full price at much lower promotional levels, yielding a thousand basis point improvement on a quarter over quarter basis. And um, and seeing some top nice top line growth too at more than twenty nine percent. So um, pretty, we were pretty pleased with that, and um, happy to chat with you about it today. Let's dig into that. Um, I guess the full price approach, um, and I know I did not dig into the story where that suggested maybe price increases to come. How is your customer, I guess, taking to that to that change? Uh, was it were they always relying on? on a coupon like I would see back in the day or a discount um, at, at a J Crew. What's up with J stores? <laughs> but um, <laughs> all about the discounts. Um, but yeah, did they come to rely on that? And, and was that driving their purchases? What are they doing now? Yeah, you know, I think historically, um, we didn't give our customer a chance to respond to the product at full price enough. We'd sort of come out of the gate with new products already promoted. And so we we definitely have changed that strategy this year and moving forward. I think, um, so yes, we've had promotional levels and discount levels that have been much deeper historically. I think the key to it, as you know, Jill, it's all about the product, right? So we've got a great brand. Um, I think we're putting product in front of her on a regular basis, flowing newness very regularly, much more often than we used to, to keep the focus on what's new at full price and um, not promoting it out of the gate, but letting it, um, letting her see it and respond to it. And then, you know, certainly we'll have to mark things down that don't turn as quickly, but, uh, but we're, she's been willing to do that. And I think it's all about the, uh, it's all about the, um, the strength of the product and how she wants to have it, not just needs to have it. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really pleased with that. Yes. Well, newer to the company, tell me what initially, uh, drew you in and, and yeah, made you excited about J Jill. Yeah. So, you know, I was at J Jill, uh, about nine years ago for a little while as CMO. I, um, so I knew a lot already about the customer and how, uh, how wonderful she is and how connected and engaged she is with the J. Jill brand. And so that's always a strong foundation for any business and any brand. And, you know, this space is wonderful. This sort of premium casual space is someplace that I've spent a lot of my career in. And, um, and J. Jill has just got a value proposition that makes a lot of sense and has made a lot of sense over time. But, you know, now this whole premium casual 
positioning and space in the market is really relevant and uh, and our customer appreciates that. And so there were all these sort of fundamentals of a great brand with heritage. You said at the beginning, 60 year old, the brand has been around for 60 years old, 60 years. And uh, yeah, so great customer, great brand, lots of potential. And um, that's why I came. Yes. Well, you mentioned the hot, hot area that is um, kind of like Geez, I don't know if you use the word prestige, but um, comfort, comfort wear. Um, what's happening, I guess, in terms of consumer behavior? And as everyone is gravitating toward more comfortable clothing, are you attracting a different customer? Is it a new customer? Uh, I'm sure you have your loyal customers and fans as well. We do. We do. And that's obviously the foundation, um, our core customers who we love and who has a re- who have a really deep relationship with the brand. But yeah, we're we're bringing new customers into the brand. Um, and, you know, we're also acquiring more of them digitally than we have in the past. And that is exciting, both from a sort of cost effectiveness way in terms of new customer acquisition, but also that digitally acquired customer tends to be four or five years younger um, when we bring her into the fold. And so that's, that's a, that's a great thing as well. And I think, you know, the J. Jill brand is not a specific age. I think that next cohort of customers who respond to premium casual clothing, beautiful fabrications, great novelties, uh, you know, that that we have a great opportunity to bring that next cohort into the brand and the business. Yes. Well, what are you doing to get this amazing product in front of her? What's working to acquire a new customer Show and show her what you've got? Well, so we started as a direct-to-consumer brand. Um, So we have that foundation and um, we have been building on that foundation through new digital acquisition channels, marketing channels, you know, new, new opportunities emerge all the time. And the team does a great job of staying on top of what those opportunities are. We have some really fun things that we do. Like we do these Facebook live events where our head of design and our head of creative merchandising get together on Facebook Live and talk about the new collection. And we see incredible engagement in those sessions, which is just really fun. So so that and you know, we're always we're always optimizing how we present the assortment online and making sure that she can see the beautiful fabrications and you know, kind of a proxy for touching and feeling um the 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 hand of the of the customer of the um of the products. And then it, at retail, we have 260 stores as of the end of Q3, and that is also a very welcoming environment um, with very helpful um, sales associates with a very personalized, high-touch experience. And so for those customers who prefer to shop in-store, we um, try to do a great job of giving her an, a wonderful experience there as well. Yes. I haven't heard anybody mention a Facebook strategy in a while. Is your customer on Facebook? Is that a channel that you are very focused on? How often are you doing these these chats? So uh, she is engaged on Facebook. I think we're also seeing some energy on Instagram and some other digital channels as well. I just bring up the Facebook Live because she really likes those events. She We get lots of comments about, we use... Um, we have uh, associates from J. Jill modeling some of the products and we get great feedback from our customers saying how much they love seeing the products on real people. And um, it's just uh, it's just a super fun, engaging um, 
opportunity for her to to see the products at the beginning of the collection and hear where the design inspiration came from. You know, Elliot does a great job talking about, you know, what were our design inspirations? What were we thinking of as we put this collection together? And, um, and they love that part of it as well. How fun. Well, your stores, um, 200 something stores uh, in the last couple years, two years, I'm sure there were uh, periods where they, maybe they were all closed at once. Did you did you rethink the store strategy? Did you say, you know, do we need all of these locations? What was your thought process there? Yeah, no, the so they were all closed for some period of time and then they reopened and store traffic continues to recover relative to 2019 levels, but has been recovering um, throughout this year. I think the stores continue to be a really important part of our strategy. I feel great about that fact that our business model is really balanced. It's just about 50-50 brick and mortar and direct to consumer. And so that's a nice, that's a just a nice place to be from a business standpoint, not being overly dependent on either direct to consumer or brick and mortar. And it gives our customer the optionality to shop where she wants and when she wants and how she wants. We are always looking at our store fleet and looking at optimizing the economics of our store fleet. And so I think we have signaled in our earnings that we'll probably be closing around 20 stores this year. That's not about the fact that retail, that doesn't say that retail isn't important. It's saying we're just always optimizing the fleet and we see some opportunities for better economics in some of those locations. But at the same, in the same breath that we say that, we say we also see the potential for store unit growth going forward. So we're not overstored by any stretch of the imagination. We have 260 stores. And um, so we think that there's still potential there. Great. Well, as you open new stores and optimize the experience, are you offering or or prioritizing offering more of an experience, something experiential, um, or maybe smaller stores? Are you updating the, the model there? So I think we're always open to thinking about footprints and maybe smaller footprints. And I think, you know, um, we'll continue to evaluate that as we chart our growth path going forward. Um, And the experiential thing, you know, our in-store experience is experiential. If you, if you go in and and experience it, to use the word three times, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's really kind of magical. Like our store associates, very often have been people who were customers before and loved the brand so much that they wanted to work in the stores, particularly if they've sort of had one career and they're moving into the next career. And um, so we have a lot of those people who really connect with who our customer is because they are our customer. And and so you, you get this energy, this celebratory energy um, in the stores that's just wonderful. I really honestly haven't seen it anywhere else to this extent. How great. Well, what makes a fitting location for a store or a a great location for you? Yeah. So we, you know, because of our direct to consumer side of the business, if it's a market where we don't have a store, even where we have one store, we think there's potential for an additional store or a third in any given market. We're able to model the potential of the store pretty carefully because we know how many customers we already have in that uh, in that area, in that trade area. And we can also model what other high potential customers look like and, and how many of those there would be there. So we have a pretty good idea of where we could support a store 
the investment in a store. Um, and so that's really how we think about it. And then we've got empirical evidence in terms of the dynamics and timing when we open a store, how long does it take to get to run rate and all of those kinds of things. So the impact of the last two years, did it change your approach to product? Are you making it more comfortable or maybe leaning into, I guess, an athleisure style? That's a great question. So I think, again, the strength of the foundation that we have, we tend to be comfortable and casual. Um, You know, we do have more dressy parts of the assortment and less dressy parts of the assortment. We have core franchises and things like, you know, denim and knits um, that are very comfortable and our linen programs. But, uh, and so that's always been a core sort of tenet of our design and merchandising approach. That said, we have all year seen real strength in both our pure Jill and our fit sub brands. And I think those are reflective of sort of order of magnitude, more of an athleisure um, aesthetic. So the pure Jill is kind of the ultimate presentation of what the J Jill brand stands for, really beautiful fabrications, um, some sustainable fabrications, some unique techniques, very comfortable. And um, and so she has been responding well to that. And then our J Jill Fit is a relatively small part of our business, but it's grown very quickly this year. And we do see additional potential in that area as well. Can we expect further category expansion? So right now we're looking at um, driving organic growth. We already have, uh, you know, core Jill, J, uh, pure Jill, wherever and fit. And we see some real growth potential just within that portfolio. Um, and in addition, as we bring new customers onto the brand. Um, but yeah, we're always evaluating where there could be future potential for us. When you joined the company and in the last year, are there new roles that you that you are new, new positions, new hires that you, you felt the need to bring on board to really, yeah, continue to, to push the brand forward? Yeah. So we had, you know, one of, one of my favorite things about my role is building a great team and um, bringing great talent into the business, but also developing as a team together um, and a collaborative uh, senior team and leadership team at J Jill has really started to gel or more than started to gel has really gelled over the, over the 10 months or so that I've been here. We did make, just from a specific role standpoint, we did expand a role as we brought someone new in to run marketing. So we have um, augmented the role of SVP of marketing with uh, customer experience. So we hired um, someone in July who came on board, uh, her name's Kara Howard, to be the SVP of marketing and customer experience and really focus on that experience, um, both at purchase, pre-purchase and post-purchase and make sure that, you know, we are doing everything that we can to create the optimal experience for our customer. Yes. That's so interesting. How would you say there, the expectations are changing or the customer behavior is changing? Uh, what do they expect from J Jill? So they expect this, uh, friendly, um, high touch service uh, certainly, um, however, and whenever she chooses to engage with the brand, I think, um, I think the things that have 
changed is just an emphasis on making it as easy as possible for her if she's buying online, um, as intuitive as possible, um, as frictionless as possible. And then in the stores, just making sure that she's comfortable. You know, we have said all year, um, well, and for the past two years almost, that um, the health and safety of our store, of our associates everywhere and our customers has been of primary importance. And so, you know, we've really tried to um, make sure that our store environments have been not only welcoming and friendly, but um, that our customers and our associates feel safe in them as well. Nice. What about online to make sure that that's more seamless? Is it about personalization? Is it about more, I guess, um, almost surprise and delight features like a a faster delivery? Uh, What updates were made there? So we're in the process of of making some important updates now. But yes, it's about um, relevance and personalization and making browsing as easy as possible for her, making suggestions for her that she welcomes and values. making the the whole path to purchase as frictionless as possible and um and and then incorporating you know new ways of engaging her and delighting her so i talked about the facebook live sessions you know we we think that there are other opportunities to use engagements like that to um to make it fun yeah for sure <laughs> well we're approaching the holidays uh Black Friday, Cyber Monday, it's come and gone. Were you discounting then? Is that allowed during the holidays? What was your approach this year? Yeah. So, you know, as I said, we've enjoyed um, the benefit of of really strong full price selling at a much lower promo rate this year through the third quarter, as we talked about on the earnings call. Um, We are, but we don't have our head in the sand. We recognize that the retail environment um, is more promotional in Q4. And so we have been um, promoting uh, at a deeper level than we did probably in the two previous quarters, but that's just a reflection of the time of year. That said, you know, so we did a 30% global, off global promotion over the big Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. But that was a much that was a lower level promotion and a and a less um, long lived promotion than we've done historically during the holiday season. So um, on a relative basis, still a lot less promotional and um, focused on full price selling, uh, but recognizing that that the Q4 environment is just different than the rest of the year. Are you experiencing the same, I'm sure, supply chain delivery issues everyone else is, is experience, ha, experiencing? How has that impacted your operations? Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely something everyone in the space is dealing with. Um, and we are as well. I think, uh, you know, we talked on the earnings call about the fact that we had about 200 basis point impact to maintain margins as a result of increased freight costs and things like that, having to air things or pay more for ocean. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a dynamic for sure. Um, but I have to say I've been so pleased and thankful for the team and the way that they have just been working, working, working it. So, um, trying to make sure that if, if one thing is delayed, do we slot something else in? How do we make sure that our assortments, um, look as beautiful and robust as possible, um, both in-store and online. And for the most part, they have been um, really successful at managing the controllables in that situation. And so 
you know, I think we came into the fourth quarter um, with beautiful presentations that uh, certainly represented what we had intended to show our customer and, um, and were, you know, relatively unscathed from that perspective. Um, and I think I'm just really thankful for the work, but it goes on every week. We have conversations about that and the way the, the way we're also flowing noon is more regularly made it possible to, um, to accelerate some things or maybe postpone some other things, but um, the way we flow the newness and the color palettes, the story still really held together and looked great, um, both in store and online. Fantastic. Well, you mentioned something earlier. It had to do with, again, your Facebook um, chats or, or events um, about how your customer really appreciates, um, you know, seeing real people in the clothes. Um, I feel like that's maybe something that J. Jill has always done well or where um, in your marketing, it doesn't seem like a disconnect in terms of who you're featuring in in the in the imagery and and who's buying it. Um, would you agree? What are you doing to, to, I guess, are there any updates to maybe better or continue speaking to those consumer values as everybody is prioritizing inclusivity and sustainability and all those buzzwords? Yeah, all those buzzwords. Uh, I think you're right. J. Jill's always been a very accessible brand and we try to um, communicate that in all of our visual imagery and, uh, but you know, the people, the, the women in our catalogs are still models. So I think, you know, everything's relative. I think um, our customers love seeing what we do in terms of um, user generated content, people who, who um, show how they style the J. Jill product and how they show up. We're definitely, um, you know, working with other um, influencers and people online who are, uh, who are a broad representation of all the J. Jill customers. And we're encouraging user-generated content there as well. And I think it's something that we will continue to uh, lean into and be even more um, more aggressive about as we go forward. I was going to ask if there are J. Jill influencers. Hey, hey, I should have known. Um, <laughs> challenge, what is weighing on your mind now? I guess as we're heading into 2022, um, is there something keeping you up at night? What, what's really, um, yeah, weighing on your mind? What, what are you looking to tackle? Oh, there are always a lot of things weighing on my mind, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if, it, if there weren't. So, you know, I think we anticipate that these supply chain challenges, logistics challenges will carry forward into 2022, um, at least through probably the first half of the year. So that's something that we have to continue to manage very carefully and try to optimize. In addition, we are seeing component price increases, particularly in things like cotton. We use a lot of cotton. We use a lot of Pima cotton and, and, um, and some organic cotton. And, and so those component cost increases are definitely uh, a factor as we look forward into next year as well. But we're trying to take the right actions to mitigate what we can there. And, um, and you know, there's there's always something. So uh, <laughs> the best the best way to deal with these things is to be really clear-eyed about the fact that they're out there, understand what the potential impact is to your business, and then have the right team in place to tackle the challenges and um, and navigate the turbulent waters. Is there a grand five-year plan that you maybe implemented when you when you joined? Uh, I we have we we don't guide going forward like that, but I. Um, 
you know, I don't, and I wouldn't say it's a grand plan, but I just see that there is tremendous potential for this brand and this business. And so, you know, we have, um, knock on wood, made great progress against our recovery this year and gained some real traction. And that gives us a much stronger foundation from which to start to really drive profitable growth as we go forward. Who can plan these days? Jeez. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Well, Claire... Thank you. This is a great conversation. So appreciate you being here. Thanks so much, Jill. Really appreciate it. Great to chat. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.